Today on the show, I'm going to ask the question, what are you holding on to? And we're going to examine this to bring more awareness to these habit patterns and attachments that you may be experiencing without really recognizing it. Please continue to support the podcast by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and sharing it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Help me spread the word. I rely on the generosity from you, the listeners, to help support this program. Typically, I travel around giving workshops and charging a fee for this. Here I am providing this content to you for free. All I ask is that you make a contribution. Give what you feel that you've received from the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class. It could be more. You can go to the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, and on the contact page, there's a link to make a donation. You can give in any currency, including Bitcoin, to help keep me out of the system. I'll also put this link in the episode description. And for those of you who have already contributed to the podcast, thank you. Okay, let's get to it. Beautiful am I. Bountiful am I. Blissful am I. Why, Guru? Beautiful am I. Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone here again. I hope everyone is doing well. And for my American friends, happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day. Maybe this day should be celebrated by everyone, not just Americans. It should be a reminder to citizens around the world that really the responsibility of government is to represent its citizens, not dominate them. We find ourselves all around the world in a system that is broken, and the people who are tasked with fixing it are the same people who are benefiting from the way it is. And I wanted to read just a little excerpt from the Declaration of Independence, which I think every citizen in the world should really think about. And this is from the Declaration of Independence. It says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, driving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. I think the overall understanding of this, at least for me, is that this government is supposed to be representing us, not dominating us. They're employed by us. And at what point did it turned into this relationship where we are the subjects of this government and being dominated by them. And this is one thing growing up in America. There's a, a group culture to every country. 
uh, traveling around, you you start to understand this more and more. But there's a, a group culture, there's group karma, which uh, I've talked about a little bit in, in other episodes. And we can see this when we start to travel more. And and I, I really notice this, you know, growing up in the U.S., you just think everything is the same, especially with all the propaganda and how the system is quite closed as far as our entertainment uh, compared to other parts of the world where, where they're more open to entertainment from other countries. But you start to see the one aspect of the U.S. that I really enjoy is this outlook or this philosophy that there is opportunity. And this opportunity just takes hard work or takes this uh, desire or this initiation into some activity and that if you work hard, you will be successful and that you are free. Now we see that maybe these days you're not as free as you really think you are, but we still have this mentality of freedom is important. We can see this in the way the American people respond to different things compared to, for example, in Europe. In Europe, they go and they protest quite a bit. And they're more, I don't know if you want to say polite, but more uh, observant of rules. Where in the United States, when people protest or when people don't like something, they just stop following the rules. Where it feels in Europe that they're almost asking permission not to follow the rules. And, and we see this during the last two, two and a half years. And this is one thing that I, I really value about Americans is this risk taking and this capacity or this feeling of responsibility to fight for your rights. Whether I agree with them or not is not the important aspect because you can see that there are many people who are fighting for rights that I may not agree with. But it's just this internal, I don't know if you want to say personality or this internal character where freedom is very important. And I don't know if this is important in other places, but it's very different in the U.S. And you see this when you start to travel around and it's built into our culture when you think about who really started this country. You know, when all the Europeans came over to the U.S., they didn't know what was going to happen. It was very difficult for them to arrive. And look what they created. Whether you agree with all the philosophies or or the actions of the United States, the government, or the people, I, I think at this point, these two things are very distinct in that the government is doing many things that the people don't agree with. But again, who makes up the government are the people. So it's a conundrum that, that needs to be dealt with. But this is one thing that I really notice is this group consciousness, this group karma that I've experienced living in different countries. And you start to see the aspects of this in, in different environments, in different places. And it's interesting to, to see how this is changing or how this will change and what our responsibility is in in dealing with this and how we're going to deal with this. Because one thing that you can say, whether you agree with what goes on in the world or not, that it's coming to some kind of expectation of huge change. And I think we're in the midst of, of this change, and it can go many different ways. And you need 
a push from one direction to compensate for the other direction. And uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But today, what I wanted to talk about is this idea of kind of the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of meaning in life. And something that I noticed from my travels and from my own particular experience in life. And I was going through some old photos of my travels through India and and some ideas that I had when I was making these photos or when I was living these experiences. And one of them was this beautiful hike I went on. It was, I think it was, I don't know if it was in the monsoon season or maybe near the monsoon season. It had just finished raining not too long ago, and so everything was green. And I just went on a long hike by myself, just didn't know where I was going, found a mountain and just started to hike and to walk on this mountain. And I went on a hike, I don't know, about a four-hour hike. And and it was beautiful. And I started to look at this picture and think about my mindset when I was experiencing this. It was just how beautiful everything looked and how beautiful that I felt in this experience. And it kind of started to get me to think about different aspects of my life you know, where in my life did things just feel beautiful? Life felt beautiful. And where did it feel dark and, and, you know, difficult? And if you look at these two types of experiences in your life, where things felt beautiful, there was a harmony in your life, and you felt very open and accepting, compared to other times in your life where maybe you felt closed down, you felt guarded, you felt very dark, maybe a dark part of your life, and very distant from life and people. And one thing that I noticed is the times where I felt the most open and the most uh, connected to life, where it felt beautiful, were when I was letting go of all these attachments or, or many attachments. And so I came, I had this idea that the more you let go, the more beautiful life becomes. And, and I'll repeat this because I think it, it's something very simple, but it, it, it's very accurate. And it's a very good way to take an inventory of what's going on in this point in your life when you're experiencing maybe some difficult times or dark times or disconnected times is the more you let go, the more beautiful life becomes. And so if you ask yourself this question, what am I holding on to when you're having these difficult times that's preventing me from seeing the beauty in life, to seeing the opportunities in life? Then maybe you can let go of some of these attachments. And when I talk about attachments, they come in all different shapes and sizes and types. And one way to maybe examine in your own life what you're holding on to is try to think back to the times that you felt life was beautiful, that you felt free. What were the conditions? What were the circumstances to this? And I can share with you some examples from my own life where 
I felt really liberated and life seemed beautiful. Moving to India was one of these times. When I moved to India, I had never been there. I bought a one-way ticket, and when I arrived, I had, I think, about $100 in my pocket, and really not knowing what was going to happen or what I was going to do. And in fact, I had just, not so long before this, finished this book by um, Radhanath Swami, The Journey Home. I highly recommend this book for anyone. Uh, but it's about his journey in in the seventies of kind of hitchhiking from the Netherlands all the way to, or I don't know, hitchhiking, but uh, traveling all the way through the Netherlands through to India, and uh, it was qu- it's quite interesting in his search for meaning in life and his path. And one thing that I really noticed is that when I went through this experience is that I really felt that I had let go. And another time that this happened was when I moved from Arizona to Los Angeles back in the mid-80s to go to music school. And when I looked through my life, again, another one was going from uh, California to moving to New York to work on Wall Street. And I started to think, well, why am I experiencing this sense of freedom or this openness or this observance of the beauty in life in these experiences? And it got me to think about the types of things that we hold on to that keep us back and that these experiences kind of pushed me to let go of some of these things. For example, we have these ways of looking at life that we grow up with, that we uh, believe or, or that are impressed upon us. Again, like I talked about in the beginning of the podcast about the karma of different cultures or different societies and the philosophies and and ways of living in different cultures that really creates this impression upon you that forces you to look at things in a particular way. And this is one really positive thing about traveling is that, yeah, it's nice to see the different places and the different uh, monuments and this kind of thing, but Really, what is interesting is that you look at people in these different places and they they do things that you don't do uh, by the way they live or just their daily habits or whatever it may be. And the first thing that usually, at least for me, comes to my mind is, what's wrong with these people? Why are they doing this this way? And then a second later... (laughs) I start to then bring this back. Well, what's wrong with me? Why do I do things my way? What is good about my way and bad about their way? What is bad about their way and good about my way? And I start to examine these differences. And this is what we do is we learn in relationship to people, places, and things. And when we see something that's different than we're normally accustomed to, the first reaction is, why is this so different? What's wrong with the situation? 
but really being a reflective or, or introspective person. Then the, the second aspect of this is to recognize this reflection and say, well, what is it about me that I see it a different way? And so it's this way of looking at things that we hold on to without even really recognizing it. I mean, just little things. You start to really notice this when you move to different places or when you, I could say, travel to different places. But for me, I like to be in a place for many years before I can really understand the culture to the the depths of it, because otherwise you, you just know it somewhat superficially. But it's quite interesting. And, and if you actually look at people, and the more introspective a person is, usually the more diverse their friends are. And then uh, the the least introspective people have friends that are pretty similar to themselves. And this is something that I noticed in many of the environments that I've lived in and worked in is that the people who seemed more introspective had a more diverse experience externally, whether it was in the people that they knew or the things that they did and the experiences that they had. And so this is one thing to to really then look at is what am I looking at and why am I looking at things in this way? And one way to really change this is this traveling or experiencing different things, going to different places and putting yourself in situations that are maybe a little different. And this relates to these ideas. Well, why do I have these ideas? And I can tell you from being in, uh, raised in, a, in the United States and then moving to Europe, first uh, Spain, you start to come in conflict with a lot of these ideas that you grew up with and that Europeans, especially in Spain, didn't have these same ways of looking at things and these same thoughts. And in the beginning, you know, you you have this resistance to them. Well, they're wrong and I'm right and they just don't know any better. But I can tell you that many of the ideas that I had before I started traveling around as much as I have, have changed. And many of the ways of looking at things have changed as well. Not all of them, but a good part of them. And and this happens with everyone. Even if you don't travel around, your ideas and your ways of looking at things should evolve as you become somewhat wiser or, or have more experiences. But what holds you back from these these ways of looking at things is that you're afraid of letting go because you're attached to your fears. You're attached to your fears through these habits, right? What are habits? But there are these ingrained patterns that restrict your freedom. The more habits you have, the less free you are because you're stuck to them. And this goes with the way you perceive things as well. We hold on to these perceptions. If we grow up in a certain environment and have certain experiences as children, we bring these perceptions to our adult life. If you grew up in a family that had a lot of trauma and difficulty, well, then you see this throughout your life because this is the way you perceive 
certain environments, certain types of people, because this was ingrained upon you because of your perception. And, and this happens all the time when you, when you look at children who come from these really impoverished neighborhoods and gang-infested neighborhoods in the United States. Many of these kids think they're not going to live past 30 years old or that the only thing they can do is, is crime and selling drugs and being in a gang because this is their perception of themselves. This is how they value themselves and value their experience because maybe their brother or their father or one of their parents is caught up in the system and in jail, and so this is how they perceive themselves. And so we have these perceptions, and these perceptions create these attachments, and they create these attachments to these ideas, to these ways of looking at ourselves, to these ways of looking at the other, and they cause particular behaviors that then become habit patterns to feed this perception. We even do this in, in ways that may seem positive, right? We hold on to these ideas of ourselves through these archetypes. And you can look at the Jungian archetypes or Joseph Campbell's archetypes. I think the, the book of Joseph Campbell that's really good is The Hero with a Thousand Faces where he talks about all these different archetypes, you know, the hero's journey, the warrior's journey, and all these archetypes that we live out. And these may change from different periods in your life, but they exist and we identify with them, whether we recognize that we are or aren't. And that's why I think it's really good to read up on this. And like I said, The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell is an excellent book. Uh, I think there's great uh, interviews with Joseph Campbell, uh, I think like an eight-hour interview in, in, with him talking about archetypes. And there's the Jungian archetypes that are really good to to look at, to understand all these different character archetypes. Because then you can start to see the ones that you're living out and you can see how you hold on to these, because even though that some of these archetypes are, are positive in the fact that you are doing good things with this hero's uh, archetype or this hero's journey, but it's still a attachment to these ideas of this pattern that you're living on. And it's important to learn how to let go of these as well. And one way to do this is first to understand what they are and how you're living them and how you're identifying with these uh, types, these character types. So then the next question then becomes, these are these things that we're holding on to, whether it's the ideas, the way of looking at things, the fears, the habits, the perceptions, and these archetypes. But why do we hold on to them? What is it that keeps us attached to these things? Because that's what we're talking about, is we're talking about attachments. They may not be physical attachments, although the behavior becomes physical most often. But it is also this philosophical attachment or this ideological attachment that drives our experience. And so why are we holding on to these things? Well, the first one is 
ego. And what is ego? I, I talked about this on episode 60. You can go back and listen to this one. Uh, I'll put a link in the episode description. But basically, what is the ego? And we have to ask the question to begin with, where is the ego? Is it in the shoulders, in the hands, the arms, the legs, the chest? Is it in the brain? If it's in the brain, where 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 is it in the brain? Is it the front, the back? And what the ego is, is really just a collection of thoughts. It's a collection of thoughts that you identify with. And these thoughts are put up there through these ways of trying to protect ourselves. They're trying to create some meaning in ourselves. I am a yoga teacher. I am a lawyer. I am a doctor. I am this. I am that. I am a man. I am a woman. I am. And whatever we say we are and the way we view ourselves is a way to protect ourselves through the ego. It's a way to kind of fortify these temporary things and identify with them because anything that is temporary is not you. Anything that changes is temporary. And when you start to say, I am this or I am that, I am this type of person or that type of person, these are these ways of looking at yourself that are put up there usually through protection. And this is what causes us to suffer because we start to lose these identifications when we go through trauma because we need to start to look at ourselves differently. And this is where often much of the depression comes from when we lose our job or we lose our spouse or or we lose our partner or something like this. And then we had identified with these aspects of ourself so strongly and now they don't exist. We are confused and we don't know how to feel about ourselves. We hold on to these things and the, the tighter the grip on these aspects of the ego, the more you're going to suffer when life changes. And if you're going through some depression where it's keeping you, maybe not even depression, but just going through a period in your life where you feel closed and you feel that you're not being open and vulnerable, it's because you're attached to these ideas that are not helping you any longer, that you've put up there to kind of protect yourself, but they're not helping you. You know, we think about opportunity in life, that we are always looking for opportunity for this thing or relationships or for uh, profession, economics, whatever these opportunities we're looking for, we think that they don't exist. But really, they exist. The problem is that we're closed off to them. The more open you are, the more opportunities will happen, will be available. And this is this other thing of holding on to these things, holding on to this ego of who you think you are. Yeah, you may be a yoga teacher who's been teaching for 30, 40 years. I don't care how long you're teaching, but how identified are you with this? Because this is also something that is an attachment. Now, this may be a little healthier of an attachment than being a criminal or a drug addict or something like this, but it's still an attachment and it still will limit your experiences in some ways. 
because these ideas of who you think you are is what's preventing you from seeing who you are. It's preventing you from being open enough to experience things on a different level, a different wavelength, because of who you feel you are. And like I said, we build these things up as this kind of protection. Oh, I'm a tough person. I am this type of person. And it's all out of this fear of being open and vulnerable and this fear of just letting go and being present. This attachments we have of the way we think things should be or the way we think things have been, these expectations or attachments to these past experiences create this ego, create this false identification. In fact, many of these ideas and feelings and thoughts that you identify with, you think are your personality because you've been so attached to them and they're so ingrained in your existence that you just call them personality traits. Oh, I'm shy, or I am this way, I am that way, or when this happens, I do this. And it's an attachment, a false identification. And we get ad- we identify with emotions. We identify with sadness, or we identify with fear. We identify with anger. And many people have difficulty being happy because they identify with the sadness so strongly that they can't imagine themselves being happy. In fact, when things start to go well, often these people will sabotage aspects of their life just so that they can be right in an unconscious level that I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to have a healthy relationship. I don't deserve to have a good living environment. And what happens when you hold on to these ideas is that you start to behave in this way. And we talked about this before, how your perception is the only thing that changes. And this is what changes when we talk about change, is this perception of who you think you are, and then you behave based on this. And so then how do we let go of all these ideas? How do we let go of these things that we're holding on to? Well, like I talked about in the beginning is one thing is to put yourself in different situations, different environments. It doesn't mean you need to move and change countries or or whatever, but put yourself in a different situation. Go do an activity that you don't normally do. Go experience life in a way that you normally don't experience with a group of people that you don't normally engage with. Find environments that are different than the ones that you normally uh, circulate in and see what this feels like. Because when you do this, you have to push yourself to be open. At least you, you will be more aware of these extremes of being open and being closed because you're in these new situations and you have to react to them. You have to act within them. And this is one thing that has helped me tremendously throughout my life. And maybe this is one of the reasons why I've moved around so much in my life. But it wasn't really so much as the moving around as the experiences that they imparted upon me. And that I was able to 
associate with the different environments and, and different types of people and different life circumstances. And they force me to really investigate myself. Not just the environment and how do I survive in this environment? How do I prosper in this environment? How do I, no, it's more, how do I interact with this environment within me? What is my reaction? And I was always observant of this when things were going well or, or poorly or whatever it is, is how am I reacting internally? Whether it's with my thinking and with my feelings, and then how are these thoughts and these feelings affecting my behavior? It's very interesting when you start to have this way of looking at yourself and putting yourself in these different situations, saying, okay, what am I experiencing internally through my thoughts, through my feelings? And then externally, how am I behaving and how, are I, how am I affected by all this? And you start to see patterns. And it's this idea of no matter where you move to, you bring your habit patterns with you or your problems with you. And so you start to see these in different environments and they start to stand out more. And the same thing with doing different things. And I talked about this, I think it was in the episode of creativity and self-expression, when I talked about how I started doing woodworking and making flutes, that I started noticing many habit patterns that I had that I just associated with what I was doing before and that maybe I wasn't so good at this area of, of this endeavor. But then when I started doing something new, like the woodworking and making flutes, I noticed the same habit patterns were popping up. And so it wasn't just my inability to do a certain thing. It was that there's some energy behind this and some, we can say karma or, or some ingrained habit pattern that I was experiencing. And I was using the excuse that, oh, I'm just not good at this attribute or just not good at this uh, quality. And then you realize, oh, no, this is not true. What's more accurate is that I'm reacting to something within this that's causing my behavior to be a certain way that's making it more challenging for me to do this well or to be open enough to accept help or to accept a different way of looking at things, including looking at myself. And so when you're feeling in life that you're closed down, that life isn't so bright and beautiful as it can be, start to look at how do I become more vulnerable? How do I become more open? How do I participate more? I know with my own experience, I have a tendency to isolate myself because I do this even when things are going well, because I enjoy spending time by myself. I enjoy spending time being introspective and, and looking at life through this lens. But I notice that the more I start to feel down or closed off inside, the more I need to push myself to participate with people and experiences and to open up. And then you start to notice how beautiful life can become. And it's not that life has changed, it's that your experience has changed. And so the question then becomes, how do you change your experience to accept this beauty? And how do you change your perspective and your 
experience so that you can feel it, that you can experience the beauty in life. Right? When you have this new relationship, how beautiful that feels, how much energy you feel in life and how enthusiastic you feel about life and the same thing with different experiences. And so look at your life and say, what are you holding on to that's not allowing you to see the beauty in life? And this is a good place to start to try to create a beautiful experience within yourself because this is the only thing that needs to change is how you're relating with yourself and how this relationship with yourself affects your behavior and affects your experience. Because the more you let go, the more beautiful life becomes. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast, and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Please continue to support the podcast by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and sharing it with your friends. Please find one friend today to share the podcast with. And again, I rely on your support to maintain this podcast, so please make a donation. Contribute to the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class. It could be more. Whatever you feel that you've received from this program, Go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button and give, help support this program. You can also go to the podcast website to submit your questions to be answered on the program. And until the next time from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Why?